Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was going to say, I think you're going to say, yep, that's, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's, let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. And welcome to of the NPL Sunday Show here on the Brisbane Football Review. It's been a wet weekend here in South East Queensland as the Metro Leagues get underway. As per usual, we did get some football over the course of the weekend. Adam, how are you? You avoiding the rain up your way? It seems like it's a bit worse on your side of the river than on mine this weekend. Yeah, we we got uh, quite a bit of rain. I know my swimming pool's full, so I have to deal with that. But uh, look, uh, it's actually been a, it's actually a good thing that we got as much football in as we did. But I think our luck ran out with uh, with all these Sunday games uh, this afternoon being wiped out. Yes, we pushed a look a bit bit too far with the Sunday afternoon kickoffs across all of the leagues. We'll get to those later on on the show tonight. We will be catching up with the head coach of Lions, Darren Slime, and Rob Askew after their wins. Over the course of the week, I'm also doing an FQPL1 women's preview. We caught up with David De Silva earlier in the year ahead of one of their preseason games. We'll hear what he has to say on the verge of that season, Adam. But we will start, as always, with the MPL men's competition in round three. And the, the uh, big game on Saturday night was the first Brisbane Classico of season 2023. And it went the way of Lions FC by six goals, three, two goals from young even Aussie on his debut, two from Andy Pengilly. One each from Matt Ryden and John Carlos Lawsno were enough to give Lions the win. Goals from Jason McQuarrie, Daniel Bowles and Scott Halliday for Brisbane City. But Lions started off this game really, really strong. And it looked like they were going to go on and run away with a lot in their home fixture last year. But City showed just how far they've come and made a really big push to get back into this game. And in the second half, it was anyone's contest. Yeah, this is a um, this is a really entertaining game. I, I don't know if uh, either coach would be happy with the defensive de- displays, but certainly the attacking sort of effort and the and the effort just in general. I think um, it made for very very uh, good viewing as neutral. But um, yeah, look, uh, it, it, like after twenty five minutes, we were actually sort of joking and saying that perhaps you know this vanilla uh, win from the, the corresponding fixture last year may be on again. But, um, look, City really dug in late in the first half. Jason McQuarrie's goal right near the end, I think, really changed the tempo of the game. It obviously changed the team talk that Carl Dodd had because uh, they came out in the second half. And at 3-all, uh, you thought, wow, this, this, could be, this could be anyone's game. Absolutely. So they got the goal back right before the half-time break through Jason McQuarrie. Then they did make two changes at the break to try and liven things up and maybe change up the way they were going about it. And for that initial 20 minutes of the second half, City must have had four or five great chances that they'd taken those. The game could have been almost over in their direction, but in the end, Lions made a couple of changes, brought on some really seasoned campaigners, Sean Carlos, Nathan Shepard, and John Carlos Salorzano, who all made a massive difference in reasserting Lions' dominance in this game. They were really influential in the back end of the game. Yeah, this is a game, um, I think, yeah, where I think the senior players for, for both sides really stood up. Obviously, the, fir- the first uh, 20 minutes or so belonged to young Ivan Aussie, who, you know, after making his senior debut uh, for 
uh, for Lions, and after nine minutes, he'd be thinking, "Wow, this is easy. Two two goals in the bag." So we have we haven't seen that sort of start to a NPL career since Zach Kipal burst on the scene. So you know, if he sort of becomes you know half the player what Zach is right now, I think uh, Lions might have a handy one. But um, yeah, but also as well, it's telling the sec the second half as well. Abraham Yango uh, came on and really sort of, you know, livened up the attack and, you know, Daniel Bowles and Scott Halliday, two of City's more uh, seasoned veterans. Uh, they, they're the ones who got back to three all. But uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think the uh, winning sub may have been um, with Darren Sign brought, brought Sean Carlson. Cause that again, turned the game on its head. He did. He brought, <clears throat> sorry, he also brought on Nathan Shepard and Joe Carlson. In pretty quick succession after that to really, shift momentum back in their direction. But I wanted to talk about Brisbane City as well just quickly because we have seen this they have struggled away from home at lines in these games, but they've they're really to fight back in this game does show you that they do have something about them. This start to the year that they've been on getting results away from home, it really does set them up quite nicely, doesn't it? When they do get back to playing at Spencer Park and I'm sure it's not too far away they get back playing there. But once they get back to home games, they could absolutely keep maintain the start to the year they've had. Yeah, this is this is three road games now, and uh, five if you include uh, pro series. So they've sort of uh, been away, away from home. I believe it might be next week. Uh, after we'll have to check the draw um, to to see. But uh, but yeah, look. It's been very, very easy. And I think this is what happened last year as well when Lions absolutely ambushed them. And it just it's just like a snowball going down a hill where it just avalanche time. The fact that they, they were able to sort of you know, control the game, you know, in you know, after about half an hour to turn the tide, McQuarrie's goal just for half time, the two goals after half time, we, we keep on sort of stopping at three all when that, that was the critical part of the game. Uh and it was anyone's game, but at the end of the day, it was Lions who uh, prevailed on the day with uh, two goals to Andy Pangeli and um, and and a goal to uh, John Carl Solorzano uh, laid on to, to seal it. Absolutely. Brisbane City are at home next weekend for the first time in season 2023 on Saturday evening as they play host to Olympic FC. Looking forward to see what happens in that one. Now, yeah, after the, game, the, pizza, can... the pizzas and ribs are really nice, apparently. I'm, I'm sure they'll be doing a great trade of those on Saturday night for the first time this season. After the game, we did catch up with the head coach, of Lions FC, Darren Simon, so we had to say after his side, picked up a 6-3 win over over um, Brisbane City in the Derby. We'll be back right after this. All right, we're joined by the coach of Lions, Darren Simon. Darren, 6-3 winners here in the Classic over Brisbane City. Must be very pleased to get the result against the old rival, first and foremost. Yeah, it certainly lived up to its name, didn't it? So yeah. I think uh, it had a game that had pretty much everything, really. It was two good teams that were ready to, to go at each other there for a while, and obviously we went to a 3-0 lead, so we kind of sat back a little bit to absorb, but you're always, it's always going to be difficult against a team like City because they've got so much quality going forward that they will eventually come into the game. You mentioned you had the early lead that came back into it, and you brought on a couple of experienced players off the bench. How much of an impact did they make in terms of the last half an hour in terms of reasserting your dominance in the game? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why they're there. You know, like um, everyone in the, every coach will tell you, it's a squad game, and um, it's, it's normally the, the guys that are going to come off the bench that change games. And, uh, they did it. They were exceptional tonight. Nico was brilliant um, when he came on. So obviously, Shawnee went over and helped Louis uh, with AB. So everyone played their part, even Novak coming in and picking up a couple of crucial free kicks for us. So, yeah. Well, that's a bit young. Ivan up front, first game, first couple of goals. Must be delighted. Where have you been hiding these kids in the 23s? Oh, listen, they, uh, you know, Ivan's been knocking on the door for a while. He's, uh, he's a big, powerful young man. Um, you know, he's, he's not the unfinished 
sorry, not the finished article as yet. I would suggest he's uh, still got a bit of, bit to work on, but yeah, we were we just wanted him to go out there and enjoy himself, and he did. I'm sure you weren't panicking after two draws to start the year. It must be really nice to get the first win under your belt. It is, yeah, it is. I think um, you know, the, I'd settle the nerves at all because I think we we played well actually the first two games. Um, we conceded a couple of goals from long throws, so that uh, once. We got the yeah we got the three points now so it's nice that uh, we can we can kick off. You have got Jason good luck next week against the Raw. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you there to Darren Time for his time out there at Lions Stadium on Saturday evening. Adam will move on to the rest of the action in round three of the MPL men's competition. Now two games have been postponed until the midweek coming up. That is the Friday night match between Peninsula Power and the Brisbane Raw Academy, as well as today is the match up between Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Olympic. SC, so those matches will be played midweek. So just three more games to go through from round three, Adam. And the first of those is the club near and dear to your heart, Morton Bay United. The still league-leading Morton Bay United, I should add, a two-all draw away from home at the Croatian Sports Centre. Two goals from Ante Poliak in quick succession for the Gold Coast Knights. Joe Scott in a 91st-minute equaliser from Sam Knight got Morton Bay a point in this game. That's a really nice result away from home too to a Gold Coast Knightside who we know are really strong, maybe still fighting their way. That's a great start to the year for Mont Bay, you know, picking up seven points out of nine from, from those first three f- fixtures. Yeah, and uh, fixtures traditionally as well, where they, they've, they've struggled against uh, against Olympic and uh, Olympic and Gold Coast Knights as well. But this this, is a, it, this probably highlights uh, sort of, you know, where we're at at the moment with this Morton Bay side. The fact is that, you know, after after copying sort of, you know, you know after getting, leading early and, and you know, a, a banger of a free kick from uh, Ante Poliak and then a penalty which, oh, trying to be objective, it could have gone either way. Um, I'll say no more about that. At the end of the day, it was given and uh, it, was, it was scored. Uh, to, to come back at the end, and, you know, Sam Knight, who's not known for his goal-scoring prowess uh, most times, uh, sort of go, getting in and uh, scoring that, you know, that equaliser, that, that's going to be great momentum. And that, that's the you know, two games where Morton Bay have, you know, rallied at the death to get something away for it. So I think this is like at the moment, there is a real resilience about them that they're, they're certainly playing the full 90 irrespective of the situation. And they, they, they're coming up trumps. Like, yes, it's only a point, but a point against the nominal favourites for this competition. I think, yeah, you, you turn you turn around you know, in a few months' time and say, you know, this, this might be the difference, uh, you know, between, you know, making the finals or just missing out. Absolutely. When you're one point, when you're a goal down going into stoppage time to come up with a point, certainly can be put in the handy point bracket. And the resilience shown to to go to a difficult place to come up with a point should not be under. As I said, it's a great start to see for Cam Miller and his Morton Bay United sides. We'll stay down on the Gold Coast. The other game down there over the over the weekend, Gold Coast United won. Eastern Suburbs won. Uh, Kai Tapaldo gave Gold Coast United a very early lead in this game before Emmy Martinez popped up with a 95th minute. Equaliser for Eastern Suburbs. I'm sure for Gold Coast, that's a, a frustrating one. They would have thought they've picked up another crucial three points at home. But as we often say on the show, East are one of those sides that they hang around in games. If you let them hang around in games, they will find a way to get something. And they've done it once again here through Emmy Martinez, who is making his way back into the NPL this year. 
what I said about Morton Bay, I said ditto about East. They're another team that this they just will not they'll just not go away and they'll 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 fight to the end and especially the young young players they got. I could see Amy Martinez on the score sheet. Now he's gonna be very, very handy. You know, one of those young players who actually has got a lot of experience. You know, he you know, has been attached to a couple of um you know A League Academies. So uh, so so yeah, so look, this is a very, very good effort. You know, Gold Coast go off to a flyer, which is uh which essentially requires Tapaldo scoring early. And look, it's it's almost a typical Gold Coast United grind out, which is what we expect out of um out of a great pitic team. But yeah, they just just fell short. But uh yeah, it'll be frustrating, but look, I, I think it underscores as well. I think this Gold Coast side are a very, very good team. Again, they're just gonna need some luck to go their way and maybe uh, hold out. But look, I also think East are very underrated at the moment. I think they could as the season goes on, we'll see what they're made of. But at least right now, I, I certainly think that they're um they 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 get they're getting trouble some teams. They've troubled a lot of teams already this year. They're very much we said on our season preview, a bit of a wild card team where you're not sure exactly what to expect from them because they have such a different team, a new coach, and a lot of players who are from other states that we're not quite as familiar with. So there's certainly a team that can run East Service and off to a very, very nice start. The final game, which was played in round three, was at the uh, Cleveland Showgrounds on Saturday night. A reverse fixture. This was meant to be played at Underwood Park, but it was reversed, I believe, on Friday afternoon to, because of expected rainfall out there. So it was reversed to the Cleveland Showgrounds. It was a 2-1 win for the Rochdale Rovers, their first win in the NPL Adam by two goals to one over Redlands United. Harry Talbot and Mark Mudley got the, got the goals to give Rochdale their first win. And after a bit of a tough start, this is just what they needed. Yes, revenge for the FQPL one grand final last year, but more importantly for the here and now, three points to kickstart their season. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's probably, it was probably less about the uh, getting revenge on, on Redlands and more so about yeah, just kickstarting their season and two important players in their squad being Harry Talbot and Marek Madley being the ones that, you know, they got those goals, especially Madley getting the winner. Uh, so, yeah, look, this, this from top to bottom at the moment, it is a very, very strong close competition. I think I think what we are saying in the season preview, I think, you know, after three rounds, certainly don't change my mind that you, you as a team in the MPL men's competition, you need to show up every week because from teams 1 to 12, irrespective of where you're at, at the moment, if you don't show up, you're getting beat. So I think Rochdale, who's probably the last winless team, you know, I think the AR team that need to have our own until the moment, Olympic, we'll see how they go midweek. But uh, certainly at the moment, I think every team um, is a danger on any given weekend. And I think uh, Rochdale proved that because uh, Redlands have been very, very good in the first uh, two weeks. Um, and and they're taking beating Olympic last week, Getting, getting a draw at um, at Lions, so yeah, I think that's a, that's a big win win for them. And I think momentum is going to be a big thing in this season. So before we do go to the table, Peninsula Power are also they're the other team who are zero from right, two to start. Yeah. They also are playing midweek, but I want to touch on something you said there really quickly, talking about how even the league is. I think this is it's it's three weeks in, but it's it's very clear that this is the most even the MPL has been up here for a, a while in terms of. It is really tight between the top teams through the mid-pack and even the teams who people think might be towards the bottom. They're all really bunched up together right now in terms of there's no real early breakaway team streeting the field early on. It's really tight, and that's it's one of the real positives that's, um, of this season. So yeah, absolutely. I think that the so the, I guess the players spread as well. Look, you, you, we talk about Olympic and uh, Olympic potential power, who are the only you know you know teams without points this season so far, but you look at the players on that 
on those rosters. And you, you'd almost say, how? How how are they, you know, 0 2? So eventually they, they, they'll click. Um, both, you know, victims of circumstance, you know, in, in a way as well as, you know, trying to find themselves as a new team, um, as far as, you know, a new coach and whatnot. So they'll, they'll, they'll come good in the end. And again, even at 0 2 at the moment, you know, I would not be surprised if, if you know, come, come Tuesday night, it's provincial power and and Olympic who are the two winners and that we have no winless teams left in this in this league. It's entirely possible. Looking at the table very quickly, Adams, Morton Bay, United do sit. Top of the table, stop cheering Adam on seven points. Brisbane City, six. <laughs> Lions, five. Gold Coast United also on five. Then Redlands, Sunshine Coast, East and Gold Coast Knights all locked on four points each. Roadstar Rovers, three. Roar Academy on one and Olympic and Power yet to get off the mark. But that does also just how close it is in the NPL men's competition. Now we'll move on to the NPL women's competition, Adam, where this was the return to normalcy, if you like, as we enter round five of the competition, coming off their loss, like much publicised. Actually, congratulations to Lions, and, and we said it last, but also a lot of the stuff that came out during the week to recognise the the extraordinary run they went on during the week was fantastic. See, but they got back on the horse on Saturday night, back out there at the Gold Line. A 9-0 win over Capalaba. Four goals from Tegan Riding, two from Tirapo, Tegan Thompson, Macy Edward and Amy Gunson all on the score sheet there for Lions. It was a game which was put to bed as a contest really early on, but the the, the key senior players who returned for this Lions team, not just Tegan Riding, but her notably, made a massive difference in this game. Yeah, and uh, it was clear from the outset that uh, Tegan Riding being back, it just it just opens up a whole new dimension for 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 this side. You know, she probably uh, she selfishly for the first goal. You know, basically uh, probably should, could have and probably would have taken the goal, but you know, laid it off to Tiapo, who got got her uh, first goal for the season. Which you know, obviously again with the young players, it it breeds confidence because she end up uh, getting getting a second later in the match. So. Uh, she makes a world of difference. Good to see Amy Gunston back as well. Um, uh, her, her first minutes of the new season after being injured in the in, in the preseason. So yeah, look, Lions back back to normal service. What I do want to say is that you know while we sort of you know, take no joy, uh, you know, out of you know seeing nine nil wins, like I said, you got got to remember that you know Lions are a very professional outfit, and look, they're not they're not going to show mercy, and we've seen that. Uh, a ton of times, and uh, sort of I direct this more to, you know, Kapala Bar. Uh, certainly not going to use the words thrashed or demolition or anything like that, because look, there, there was one key performance, you know, I, I thought that deserves a mention, you know, is young Katie Dale in goals. Yes, yes, the record would say, yes, she she uh, conceded nine goals, but that, that could have been double. Like, she made some tremendous saves, you know, at point-blank range, you know, in some cases, and look, all, all I can say to that is there are a lot better teams that have been thrashed by this sort of margin by this squad. So I, I applaud the the young team. And here's a young team, Kapalabar, you know, you know, heads up, you know, look at the end of the day, it's, it's no, it's no embarrassment to be beaten, beaten by that far by this team. It's just, like I said, you know, come out stronger next time. And, you know, I just, I, I, I think it's a very you know, salient point because you know, I did say last week that, you know, I expected this to be a, you know, a, you know, a big score line. I, I certainly didn't truly mean it like that. So, but now that it did materialise, so the message is that you know, look, we get no joy out of just seeing these sort of results and go, uh, and you know, just celebrating and sort of you know, demeaning the other team's performance. It's a case of you know what, th- this is this is a very very special team. 
Um, and look, there's some special players in that side, in that, that Lions side. And look, it, it, at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're back on track, but I just hope that it doesn't do too much damage to the young girls in that Kalba uh, team because there are there are some really talented players in that side, plus some very, very seasoned um, uh, veterans in that team have been around for a while now, and hopefully they can sort of pick them up come, come next game. They are back on track. We'll see how they go next week against Gold Coast. I'm sure that's a matchup. Everybody paying attention to the NPL women's is looking to keep an eye on. But we said last week on show, this was always going to be a really tough spot for anyone to walk into. Being the team who faces a team coming off the long, unbeaten run like that, who just had that run snap, being the first team to face them post, that was always going to be a really tough spot to walk into. And unfortunately, Fuka Palabar, it was Emmy right, the goalkeeper, had a really, really good night. They'd also get a goal during the gap game, which was ruled out correctly for offside. So they certainly had their moments in the game, didn't they? So it wasn't, well, only just. <laughs> it was only just, it was offside. Yeah. So you got to, but yeah. it, it wasn't a completely one-sided contest. They did have their moments. I just think the um, the hunger and the fire to yeah. right the wrongs of the week before was probably what made the difference then for some, that some was, teams. Yeah, right from some, the first minute, wasn't it? Their intent to pressure the ball right from the front, from the first whistle, was really evident. And that's where the first goal came from. Yeah, no, I was just, I was just going to say, I didn't mean to talk over you. Um, yeah, the, some teams, you, you'd probably say four or five, that probably sort of put the cue in the rack, but not this line side. And that, that shows the, the, the competitive nature of this side. The one thing that we were talking about yesterday at Lions that, you now we sort of thought was, when was the last time that Rob Askew team lost back-to-back games? Maybe maybe he can tell us next time, but uh, I don't I don't recall. So that, that's, that's the other thing is that, yeah, yeah you, beat, you beat them. I don't think you're going to get a second shot at it. So, so yeah, it's, uh, look, at the end of the day, it, it all sets up for a very, very intriguing matchup against Gold Coast United because as much as this 9-0 win says, I still think that they need to be better if they're going to match up with the league leaders. I couldn't find the last time it happened that Rob actually coached side lost two games. I don't know if anyone does know, email us prisonfootballreview at gmail.com or drop us a line on any of our social media platforms. But looking for, would certainly love to hear if that ever has happened. But in the meantime, let's hear from Rob Asker, who Adam caught up with after the game out there at Lions Stadium, after the side's big win over Capella. But we'll be back right after this. Joined by the uh, coach of Lions, Rob Asker. Rob, uh, first of all, um, obviously the streak's now gone. Is it, was this a chance to sort of restart again as far yeah. as the... That's yeah, right, yeah. rebirth, all that stuff. Yeah, it was a bit like that. Um, you know, it was going to go eventually and uh, yeah, sad to see it go, but there's a, a little bit of relief in there and then we can, we can start building it, hopefully building towards another impressive run. Um, but, you know, we did that last one by not looking forward to uh, too far and always going one game at a time. And our next game is going to be really, really trying. We've got Gold Coast away and they beat East today, something that we weren't able to do. So clearly um, they're going to be a, a competitive side and uh, we're going to have to probably be better than we were certainly in the first half tonight next week. But I thought we made progress in that game, so I'm confident. Was the was the reaction what you thought it'd be? Obviously, um, the, the amount of goals I scored, but just the, the general performance after after last week. Look, I think the reaction has been really, really good. Um, it's uh, I think um, particularly at training, the training and and, and the, what the girls have been saying, and I can tell that, that the way they feel about things, you know, they have ambitions and they want to be successful. Um, so there's that, um, and I felt you know there's a, there's a real open mind to what we need to do to, to, to get back to where we were or to get better, and and, um, and I thought you know 
I came in at half time and I, I didn't say well done. I said, you know, I thought it was a bit flat and I think we can do better. I think we need to do this. And they embraced that. They took it on board. They didn't didn't complain about it. And I think they went out and did it. And uh, and the performance in the second half was was really good. Obviously, big game next uh, next day night against the league leading uh, Gold Coast United. Have you got players coming back in, or is this generally the squad that will have to they'll do the job against? Um, players, um, we'll, we'll have, I think Meg will probably be on the bench next week. Amy will be up for another twenty minutes. So um, yeah, I think we've got we've got those players coming in. I thought we thought for a little while there that we might be losing M Bowman, and M has been fantastic. Um, she can just get all the other things right and. Um, and I think you know she can make be a big contributor for us tonight. In fact, I felt when she came on, you know, she didn't she didn't miss a pass. I think every pass was a hundred percent success rate with her with her passing, and uh, that makes a big difference for us. Obviously, uh, obviously that we got your, your most experienced players, obviously scoring the goals, whatnot. But you obviously have must be very proud of the way your younger players have stepped up through this through this period, even through last week and obviously tonight and moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and they've they've helped us, and we've got off to yeah, we've got off to a good start. We did lose, but um, you know, they they've done very well in, in this first five, in these first five games, and they're young players. It's a lot of responsibility to um, to play for Lions. It's, it's a club with pressure, and um, you know, I think uh, they've certainly done well. And um, it's almost unfair for them to to be. To have this kind of responsibility, but this is, I guess, is where you see when players make that step up. Um, but yeah, I know. So uh, I'm, I'm pleased with the way they're going, and uh, you now I think maybe one or two could use a, a little bit of a run in the 23s. But um, generally speaking, I'm, I think they're doing really well. Anyway, Rob, thanks uh, for your time, and uh, best of luck next week. Thanks, mate. Cheers. And thank you, Rob, for his time out there at Lions Stadium on Saturday evening. He was quite happy, as usual, on Saturday afternoon, uh, Saturday evening, wasn't he, Adam? Yeah, I probably should have asked him that question myself last night. But uh, yeah, look, uh, again, I think I think it's very satisfied that yeah, look, uh, the the streak is over. But I think I think the scary thing for the league is that I think they're determined to set a new one. That might be even more scary process. But as we just said before the interview, um, yeah, I, I think that they actually need to go to another level in this current side because I think there's another team at the moment that are really really traveling well in this league. Speaking of that team, that would be the league-leading Gold Coast United had a 2-1 win over Eastern Suburbs on Saturday evening down there at Coplick Family Sports Park. Mike Bruckner did give East the lead early on in that before Momo Hayashi and Asti Nekabruk popped up to give Gold Coast the win and keep their 100% record going for the start of the season. And that matchup next weekend, that does shape up as it was always going to be a really big matchup. They also play in the Cup not too long after that. So there were always going to be two really big matchups, but... We want to definitely keep an eye on next weekend. Yeah, and uh, it's a scary thing for this Gold Coast side is that it looks like uh, Mama Hiyashi is back to her form back in 2020 before she, she um, had that serious knee injury. Uh, the statistics have come out uh, you know, on on her performances over the last month and start of the season. Just she, She's nearing back to full full powers, and that's a, that's a scary prospect for this league, which, you know, at her best, she, she is a complete game-changer on her own. Uh, Asi Neckerbrook as well getting another goal, uh, another one of their of the young young talents coming through that, you know, I think are um, are certainly going to, uh, you know, make an impact on on this league. So, look, I think this is sets up, you know, this, this is probably one of the biggest um, 
biggest games, you know, especially, you know, in MPL for a while, at least a regular season game. And there's also the, the other, uh, the other issue of, uh, is there, a, is there a measure of revenge, you know, from last year's grand final hiding? It is certainly a grand final replay down there at Copper County Sports Park next weekend. The other games played in round five, there were only two. There was one game that was postponed. That was between Peninsula Power and Olympic. See, that is scheduled to be replayed midweek, I believe. Adam, the final two games which were played was Sunshine Coast Wanderers 1, QAS 1 up on the Sunshine Coast there. In that one, the final game was played. I believe this was switched to South United at Wakeley Park between South and Mitchell. It was a 1-0 win. For South, a goal from Sonny Franco in that one, giving South the win there. So a good win for South, who've been a team who've had a lot of draws to start the year, but been highly competitive. They've now got the win that their performances deserve, and a good result away from home for QAS as well. Yeah, um, yeah, South on South first. Yes, that's a big win. That's a big win for them because uh, they have been drawing a lot of games. So again, a, a tight game, which means defensively that they are, you know, are very, very, very tough to break down against a Mitchelton side that you know that contains a number of you know attacking weapons. And to, to hold them to a clean sheet, I think, is a fantastic effort. Sonny Franco, obviously, getting scored sheet there. Uh, yeah, look, QAS uh, going to Ballinger Park and getting a point up there. I think it just shows, it just reinforces with them that you know they're 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 a very, very good team. Um, you can't always expect the big result. They've obviously got a couple of uh, a couple of players away at the moment. Uh, one in particular who uh, yeah who scored a goal in Kazakhstan over over the midweek. So um, so yeah so so with the QAS. So but I think also as well for Sunshine Coast as well getting that draw. I think that that's a good measure for them as well. That you now at least it's a it's a positive result for them. Absolutely. So looking at the table, it's still Gold Coast. You know, they're the only 100% team in the MPL women's this year so far on five wins out of five. They're on 15 points. Lions on 12. Then East, eight. Peninsula Power, seven. QAS, Mitchelton and South all locked together on six points each. Capalabar, three. Sunshine Coast Wanderers, two. And Olympic FC on one. Now, I'm going to call an audible here. Adam, we were going to go through the FQPL on the men's side, but we might as well continue on talking about the women's game. We'll quickly go through some of the Kappa Women's Super Cup matches which were played over the weekend. And this was a, quite a high-scoring weekend in these in these four games which were played. <laughs> Caboolture, 10. Caloundra, 0. North Brisbane, 5. Mount Gravatt, 0. Grange Thistle, 1. Noosa, 0. Gold Coast Knights, 16. Willowburn, 0. Please don't read through all 16 goal scorers for the Gold Coast Knights. But they did score early and often in this game. And it was a Quite an impressive result for them, as well as some of the other teams who've now progressed through the next round of the Cup. The final game we followed, which was UQFC versus Garden City, that was postponed due to the weather this afternoon. Yeah, um, what can we say? The two sides that we thought that would rack up some, uh, would rack up a big score in this uh, stage, uh, didn't didn't far disappoint in Gold Coast. Gold Coast and Caboolture. So, look, I, I think that they are going to be very, very dangerous teams. Uh, in this, in, in in further rounds, especially especially when um, Gold Coast United or Lions get eliminated in the next round. Uh, Unfortunately, I, I hate saying that, but so uh, yeah, that's 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 the that's the cold reality. Is that you know it's gonna it's gonna allow a team from the other side of the draw to really sort of you know get get a run through and uh, and you know, even even potentially, especially yeah, if one of the if a Caboolture or a Gold Coast Knights end up on you know get far enough, they end up on the other side of the draw where they they play a North Queensland um, qualifier. 
No, North, North Queensland qualified in the semi-final. Look, they um, yeah, they, they, they might they might be uh, buying off for some from silverware. So for those two programs, which are still down in the lower division, that that'd be big for them. Another team, I think, as well, um, that that has been sort of seen a little bit of rumbles in the early round. I think North Brisbane as well in uh, in FQPL two women's as well. They've been racking up some some decent scores as well. So. So yeah, so I think that I think in this more than ever in the Kappa Cup, I think this really is going to be intriguing because there's some sides in the lower grades which I know that if I think it, you know everything fair dinkum, they're going to give they're going to give even some MPL teams some hard time. Absolutely, well, FQPL two probably does kick off next weekend as well. FQPL will do our best to bring you updates on FQPL two women throughout the start throughout the course of the season, but we will. We did a preview last week of the FQPL 2 on the men's side. Adam, the other competition which we do cover regularly on the show is the FQPL 1 on the women's side. So we'll give a give that a preview in just a moment. But firstly, let's hear from the head coach of Brisbane City, Danny De Silva, who you caught up with earlier in the year at the uh, one of the preseason games. So we had to say talking to you. Adam, we'll be back right after this. I'm joined by the uh, Brisbane City FQPL women's coach, Dave De Silva. Dave, uh, firstly, thanks for ha- having a chat. Oh, you're welcome, mate. It's good to see you again. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, Brisbane C T, your uh, first full year in charge. Um, obviously, you'll be looking to, you know, first and foremost, get back into the top flight. Absolutely, that's obviously the reason why they got me to the club is promotion, and then beyond that. But um, yeah, which has obviously got our own challenges with the World Cup this year and the club going through a pretty significant renovation. Um, we actually haven't had any games at home yet, so or even training. So we're off off-sites all over the place, but we're very grateful for what we've been provided so far. Yeah, obviously, um, a number of players you've brought in to strengthen the squad. Um, obviously, yeah, Jess Dillon, a number of players that you know, have had you know, many experience. Is that obviously that's obviously going to be build a really sort of, you know, solid foundation to really sort of go out and, you know, get the job done? Absolutely. It's, yeah, they're good players, but they're the right people as well, mate. We're trying to build a culture at the club. It's a new women's program, and yeah, we really want to set the standards moving forward to be one of the premier women's clubs, not only in Brisbane, but in the state. So to do that, we've got to get the right people around, especially keeping Steph Latham was a great, <laughs> was great. Definitely happy about that one. Um, but they're the sort of people yeah. we want at the club, mate. Yeah, obviously, well, just, Steph, you know, obviously very, very experienced as well. But you've also got a good mixture of that experience and some juniors, you know, players like uh, Ashley Hummels, you know, returning this season. Obviously, it's important not only to get the results, but also the performance of the younger players. Yeah, definitely. I think you can even see that today. We're stoked to play Lions and hopefully our 23s can have a good run. Um, our 23s are extremely young. <laughs> I ran the numbers across our entire squad and even with Steph in it, the average age is 21. Oh. So we're pretty proud that we've got a very young group and we want to, again, build for the future, but also get the job done this year. And also as well, um, Kappa Super Cup as well as part of the um, of the season. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the, the uh, opportunity to play games, but will, will there be any extra significance on trying to sort of be successful in that or is it just take a game as it comes? Promotion's our priority. Anything beyond that's a bonus. Um, it's a wonderful opportunity for some of our younger ones again in that development phase to get some minutes in that cup as well so we'll see how we obviously want to win every game we play um, we're not going to go into any game wanting to lose so we'll just see how that competition goes but again the priority is promotion yeah. and uh finally um obviously you guys are probably or in our view in the media that i say that you guys are probably the favorites in fqpl2 in fq this season yeah. um what other clubs do you reckon would be a threat to you to you guys and promotion 
Oh, every club, mate. I think uh, South Southwest Queensland. Tim's obviously recruited really well. You can see he's connected in the region, so I think he's done a really good job recruitment-wise up there. I don't know much about the Gold Coast teams, I've got to be honest, but I have a feeling they're going to be strong. Um, they obviously did well in FQ2. So, yeah, I honestly don't know, mate. Um, we're worried about ourselves. Um, I'm always worried when people think we're the favourites, and especially with the group. I don't want them thinking that they've, they've already done it. We don't take anything for granted, and we'll be making sure we're pushing them very hard to, to get the job done. Yeah. Thanks, John. Tom, David, and best of luck for the season. Hey, you're welcome, mate. Good to see you. Thank you to Daniel De Silva there talking to Adam a few weeks ago out there at Lions Stadium. We had one of the preseason matchups there, and we will start talking about Brisbane City in FQPL1 because I think it's fair to say in most people's view they are the team to beat in this competition. Yeah, uh, David De Silva. Sorry, David De Silva. I'm confused. <laughs> I, I've confused him with the A-League midfielder. I apologise, David. My apologies. No, nah, right. I didn't want to make too much big deal. But yeah, David De Silva's got a very, very good side at his disposal. Um uh, yeah, obviously, uh, with with a number of experienced players from from last year, that uh, you know, obviously with Steph Latham coming back, you know, she's she's a she's a veteran, you know, for a number for a number of seasons now uh, through Palabar, and also this is a second se- season at Brisbane City. They're going to make a difference, um, obviously as well. Uh, Jess Dillon's another one that that will you know has got plenty of experience, along with you know a, a handful of very very good young players. That Ashley Hummels is really going to you know it's going to be going to be very crucial in, fr- in front of in front of goals. And uh, Billy Murphy as well, obviously not the younger variety, but uh, obviously, yeah, of the veteran class. And from top to bottom, they're a very, very solid team. And look, I think the, as much as, as David wants to sort of, you know, try and play down, I find it hard to, uh, that I think the, the competition begins and ends with them. And I think it's their competition to, to um to win. And yeah, look, we, we, we in the media sort of, yeah, we'd like to sort of beat things up a little bit on that, but, Looking at the other sides, I just don't know if they've got the talented players at their disposal as much as C does, and it'll be—I think it'd be very disappointing if they don't at least earn uh, promotion. As I said, David De Silva's team will start favourites. There's also Kaya Stephenson who's been playing in the A-League Brisbane Raw. We don't know if she's going back to Brisbane City next year, but if she does, that's a fantastic player to add to that side as well. So they do have a terrific side even without Kaya, but if she's back there again mm. next this year. It makes it even stronger. Morton Bay United were the team relegated from the MPL women's down into this division. It seems like they've lost a fair few of their better players, Adam, so it could be a bit of a rebuilding year for them. But what do you make of Morton Bay and also the two promoted sides, Broadbeach and Rubinacy, two Gold Coast teams coming up from FQPL2 who look like they might be the teams who could potentially push for a finals place this year? Yeah, on Morton Bay, first of all, yes, they have lost a lot of players, um, a lot of more experienced players. And... uh, and um, some of them have ended up at uh, have ended up, funny enough, at Brisbane City. So that, that's going to be a bit of uh, a bit of a, uh, a a derby in itself there. But uh, look, what what I will say about Morton Bay is that they've always had a very very strong junior girls program in that. And I think that you know this is going to be a great opportunity for some of their up and coming uh, talent that that have that have been there for a number of seasons. I think you know with with a coach that they they're very very familiar with in Greg Bradley, who you know coached them under twenty threes. Uh, level that they, they, I think they're a side that look 
the results may not be there straight away, but I think you'll see them eventually sort of, you know, come forward. There's, a, as I said, a number of good play, good young players in that side that are going to really sort of, you know, give it a shake. As far as the two, you, uh, two promoted Gold Coast teams, uh, it's hard to go. Broadbeach United, I think, are going to be strong. I think that's, that's the mail that's coming from from down south. That you know they they could be typically strong. Rabina have got have got a couple of you know big name signings, but uh, losing six one to Southwest Queensland Thunder in a um, preseason match uh, last night, I think that's it's hard. It's going to be hard to know where they stand uh, as far as um, that whether it was just one of those you know, oh it's a preseason game one week first season it's just a just a you know, a run around or or that. But I think the the team I think that's really going to be a smoky is going to be Southwest Queensland Thunder. You know I think that they they have recruited very very well and uh, look Lana Hart was back. We know how you know how much of you know a legendary player she is. You know as far as in Queensland women's football. Is concerned, you know, former former raw raw player, foundation player. So championship winner, yeah, championship winner. So she, so and and obviously, uh, I, I think yeah, Abby Lloyd's back up there as well. Um, I think that who's going to really sort of you know make a difference while attacking wise, and a number of other you know s- s- strong players. So uh, I would, I would certainly would not write out uh, the uh, the girls from Toowoomba off as we have in the past. I think they, they've really built into a side that could challenge as well for promotion. Absolutely. So the round one fixtures are Virginia United playing host to Logan Lightning, Western Pride versus Rabina City, Morton Bay, Brisbane City. So Derby you were referring to right off the bat out there at Walter Park. Some of those players who left will be returning very early. The other game is Broadbeach against Southwest Queensland Thunder. Just finally, did you think it will be... Morton Bay, who are the closest challenges to Brisbane City, Thunder, one of the Gold Coast. It's, it really is hard to tell who will, who look like they could be the strongest challenges to who we all think will be the best team in this competition. It's um, it's a diff- it's a difficult one. After Brisbane City, obviously, I think Brisbane City will will just win it. Um, so as the Premiership goes, I, as as I say, I never make predictions about Grand Finals because that's a completely different season. But uh, look, I, I think that I think Brisbane City just win it. I think this squad is just going to be too strong. As for second, wow, this is this is going to be this is going to be close because we're dealing with a lot of unknowns. Morton Bay, I think, are going to be there and about, but I think early on, I think they're going to take some time to you know really sort of you know come together. Uh, Broadbeach are a danger, and even Logan, who we didn't really mention um, in that, I think that uh, they even might might be a surprise packet in there. So. I think it's going to be a case of, unlike sort of, you know, the men's side of things, where it's a very, very even comp, I think you're going to see one standout team. But I think the battle behind them for that second promotion spot is going to be fascinating. I think it's actually, I'm not sure if it's a, I think it's a playoff spot, actually, I, I do believe. So I'll have, I'll have to, to check I, that for next week's show. Yeah, I'll have to check that. But uh, certainly that chance for promotion. But uh, yeah, but I think some of these teams, I think you look at Sunshine Coast or Olympic as far as the two teams at the bottom of MPL at the moment. I would finish a second. I'd still give them a good chance if it is, in fact, a a uh, promote a uh, playoff to, for promotion from uh, FQPL 1 up to MPL next season. Absolutely. Should be a fantastic year ahead in the FQPL 1. We'll say once again, apologies to David De Silva, the head coach of Brisbane City <laughs> there. Thank you very much for that, Adam. We'll move on to FQPL 1 on the men's side for round three results. We'll go through the results of the round, then we'll get to the game which we cover on Friday night. There was one game which played about half an hour. That was Sunshine Coast Fire against Surface Paradise. That was called off due to a Wardlog pitch, so it was will be replayed at a later date. The games were completed. Southside Eagles nil, Western Pride nil, Southside Queensland Thunder two, Mitchelton two, 
Brisbane Strikers 3, Caboolture 3, Albany Creek 1, Logan 1, and the game which we covered, Wynnum Wolves 2, Capalabar 2. We'll get to the other games in a minute, Adam, but just on the game which we covered, there, this was a pretty good game on Friday night out there at um, Carmichael Park. Yeah, two very, very even teams uh, who traded who traded goals, um, especially in the first half. Uh, 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 Wolves hit the front early through a nice, nice goal from uh, James Keogh. Low, a low, hard drive that uh, that really that really sort of you know, caught uh, uh, Brandon Nagy, the the um, the Capello keeper, pretty much you know, yeah, uh, off guard, and then a, a, and then a counterattack five minutes later from uh, Tilla Asante to level it up. And th- this was a very even game before uh, Christian Walters. Walters come in late in late in the um, in stoppage time in the first first half, uh, bobbing up at the far post to equalise. But then it took all the way to the end of uh, into, into stoppage time for uh, a conceded a penalty. Uh, did Wolves and. Uh, uh, Francisco Perez uh, Rodriguez scores to uh, oh, sorry Fernando sorry I Fernando was going to say Perez. you corrected me earlier I'll correct yeah. it was Fernando nah, Fernando Rodriguez. sorry yeah sorry yeah uh, who scored the penalty make two all but look these are two even sides I think uh, they're going to be they'll be pretty much trying they'll be pretty much shadowing each other on the table I think all season long so there's there's, there's nothing in it between these two teams. There was, there was a bit of spice in the game as well, which is always a drink mm. a bit of it. Not not a local derby, but they're both in the same part of town. There's a bit of spice. I'm a very good side, actually, that Winnables team. One, certainly, to yeah. keep an eye on, perhaps, a bit of a smoky for FQPL1 this year. Two other things which we need to speak about quickly in the FQPL1 for this weekend. Well, firstly, on Saturday night, Adam, a couple of unfortunate injuries out there at Walter Park for the goalkeepers out there between Albany Creek and Logan. You've got a couple of updates which you've managed to come across this afternoon. Yeah, uh, yeah. The game was been oh, after 83 minutes. Obviously, the result will stand at uh, one all between Logan and Albany Creek. But yeah, the two the two goalkeepers uh, end up spending the night in hospital through injuries. And the the more serious of the injuries, well, I suppose thankfully I can say you know as as a top line that you know both both keepers are okay at least um, sort of after their night in hospital. Uh, Jaden Tao, uh, the the uh, Logan keeper. There, there was an update on Logan Lightning's uh, Facebook page this afternoon from his his mum uh, Kim Tao. That uh, basically that uh, I actually I actually read the last um, update from from Kim was that uh, just heard today from Jay. He's out of hospital and been told no soccer or training uh, for training for two or three weeks. It's only a flake chip fracture, uh, which was it, which is uh, in his uh, C5 uh, vertebrae. Burberry uh, is next, so that's a good sign. What is probably could have been a very serious injury. Uh, Harry Rawley, on the other other hand, um, he had a suspected broken collarbone. That's at least been um, there's no fracture, which is a good sign. Apparently, still in a bit of pain, but uh, look, that shouldn't keep him out for too long either. Look, uh, these sort of injuries you never you never ever want to hear um, these sort of things, especially where a game has to be abandoned. Uh, because of the severity of the injury, so look, we wish uh, both both teams, their families, and their their teammates, you know, all the best, you know, in their recoveries. Because yeah, look, these sort of things they can have a you know marked marked effect, um, sort of you know, especially mentally, you know, as far as so look, we, it's it's good news that you know both are seriously hurt, and you know, and hopefully we look forward to seeing both of them on a pitch, uh, you know, very very soon. Absolutely, not much I can add. Hopefully, we see both back on on the field and back in goal as soon as possible. The other notable thing that happened in 
FQPL one this weekend. Adam was the uh, rain, the rain up at um, Kiwana this afternoon. I think torrential is probably underselling it to say the least. Oh, I tell you what, um, I, I, t- I turned on, I turned on this uh, this stream um, to, to watch this game. Uh, we weren't, we weren't actually covering it because we we intended to cover the uh, MPL game, which before that got postponed, but. Uh, what I saw was just absolutely incredible when that when that storm hit Kiwana field number three. Um, that, that and look, I have to, I have to I must say, look, um, look, kudos, a shout out to the both sets of players, um, the, the officials out there um, that, that to try and play in the condition, try and at least try and play as much as they could to the point where it was play was no longer possible. That was when the pitch basically started waterlogging where the referee made the right decision. I think you can tell that both teams want to play. I think that's a great thing. Um, so, look, a shout-out to both both uh, teams that, you know, that, you know, they had to um, – that sort of had to go through that. But the, the one person I do want to, you know, give a huge shout-out is, is to the camera person up there who uh, did a great job for that three, three minutes, and I bet that he or she would have been very, very happy to get out of there when uh, they abandoned that game. We've been the quickest packing out of the camera <laughs> for the season. I mean, it was very, very difficult conditions. Did a fantastic job bringing the pictures. You know, the game obviously was unsafe to go on. The yeah, pitch was waterlogged, puddles all over the place. So it was an easy decision to to um, call the game off. But the conditions were very, very similar to an A-League game, which I recall a few years ago at Suncorp. So it can happen anywhere, anytime in some of these freak weather events. So one of those things that unfortunately can happen from time to time. We'll have a quick look at the table in. FQPL1, where Logan Lightning do lead the way on seven points ahead of Brisbane Strikers, Albany Creek, Wynnum Wolves, and Capalabar all tied on five points each. Then Sunshine Coast, Fire, and South Thunder both tied on three. Western Pride, Caboolture, Mitchelton all tied on two. Service Paradise and Southside Eagles on one. So it's very tight in the table here. Adam, and a full weekend of draws is something which I don't think has happened very often, if at all. No, I don't recall it. Uh, if anyone does know, and like to, especially in in the Queensland sort of you know, top leagues, if if it has happened, uh, sort of please get in touch. But uh, yeah, look, uh, as it stands, five five matches, five draws, and with the to be the to be completed, uh, Sunshine Coast Fire and Surface Paradise, six out of six. I think that would be absolutely remarkable. Absolutely, certainly remarkable. Quickly on FQPL two, St George Willowong one over away from home against Holland Park, so one nil for St George Willowong in that one. Murchidor three, Magic United nil. Broadbeach two, Turingit nil. Sanford three, South United one. And the two games were postponed due to the weather. Ipswich Knights, Grange Thistle, North Lakes, North Star in that one. We won't go to the table. It's only a, a week and a half in Adam, but. St George Willowong look like they are going to be every bit the strong contender in this competition, which a lot of people forecast they would be. Yeah, they're they're pretty much pretty much come the same sort of path as what Albany Creek did last did last year. I think that so they're going to do the, do the same. Um, also, I think Broadbeach are going to be very very hard to yeah you know, are going to be very very hard to beat as well. I think they may might follow the same path as uh, Surface Paradise. Did. So, so yeah, look, uh, very, very early to see yet, yeah, but um, I think in this league, the uh, top teams may be already starting to be apparent. Absolutely. We'll go talk about that league in more detail, hopefully, next week on the show. But before we wrap this up, as usual, Adam, who's your performer of the week? Um, look, I, I'll give you a special... 
I, I already sort of shout out uh, to the uh, to the camera person on the uh, Surface Paradise uh, uh, Sunshine Coast game, as on will mention. But look, I can't really go past um, Ivan Aussie in the um, in, in for, for Lions. I think yeah, two two goals in nine minutes. Uh, on, on your debut, I don't think it gets much better than that. So, congratulations him, and he's my performer of the week. And my performer of the week is also from Lions, it's Tegan Riding. Her impact on that side is immeasurable, as we saw. But she wasn't there last week. The hole that was there this week, absolutely outstanding. The all-time top goal scorer in the NPL Quinton was closing in on 200 goals in the competition, probably 100 assists on top of that. She's an outstanding player, and when she's in that line side, they're very tough to beat. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thank you and good night. We'll be back, maybe, hopefully midweek, to cover some of these games. If not, back over the course of the weekend. Get out and support your local clubs over the coming week. And we'll talk to you once again next week on the Prison Football Reviews NPL Sunday Show.